You're going to clap. But you're going to clap for Jesus, right? He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Father, we love you. Father, we honor you. Father, we adore you. Thank you for your son. Thank you for our Savior. Thank you for opening up the eyes of our understanding. Thank you for this great vision. Thank you for your people that are so blessed. We are so honored, my God, that you would use us in a small way in this huge kingdom of yours. We submit our lives to you this morning. Anoint these lips of clay. Give us a spirit of understanding. Bless your people. This vision is for them. They are the stars that Joseph saw in his dream. Your people are the stars in your vision. So I'm asking you to touch them, heal, and deliver them. And show them who they really are. Bless them today. Help me. As I make sounds, you make sense. But I make, anoint these lips of clay. That someone in your midst, in our midst, would get understanding. Catch the vision and run. It's my prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Good morning to you. Good morning to everybody online. It's great to see you in the house of God this morning. I got a bit to, to cover this morning. I'm teaching on vision, even as we're dealing with people coming into uh, membership and wanting to understand what it is to be a part of the kingdom. Um, I am going to enter into the next couple of weeks just to touch on vision a bit. Uh, many words we throw out to many people, they don't understand what it means. I'm going to give you good understanding this morning. Somebody should walk away with a great understanding about what it is um, and understanding about it. As I also released the word about fresh eyes. The Spirit of God gave us that, that he's giving people fresh eyes for the season. And that's got to do with vision. And so nobody gets into anything they cannot see. If you can't see it, you can't possess it. If you say, I can't see myself living there, don't worry, you never will. Can't drive it. I can't see myself driving that. Don't worry, you never will. I can't see myself sitting around boardroom tables, being a CEO, being my own business, handling what God has got for my life. You never will. It's vision that separates people. I had a conversation with Dr. Bruce Wilkinson. I think it was a year, could be about 15 years ago. And the thing that, is, that struck with me was really important. You're speaking to all the leaders and he was dealing with Nehemiah and vision. And he said to all the leaders, he says, you must remember, the people are going to come into your, your church and some might even leave. And the people that come in come with different ideas. And if you don't have vision, they're going to take you where they want to be, not where God has called you to be. And so I made up my mind that day. I'm going to write down the vision. I'm going to make it plain. And whether they come or go, doesn't matter anymore. This is the bus. That's where we're going. Some people press the, the button, the bell, and say, I need to get off. It's no problem. Others are looking for the bus to find, is this where we're going? The name is on top of the bus, the front of the bus. So you can be certain about why you're climbing onto this bus. There are many wonderful churches all over Gauteng. And I'm watching people driving from Pretoria to be in the service. Centurion to be in the service. Because they looked at the vision and they're saying, that's where God wants me to be. We're finding people online all across the provinces saying that they want to be a part of us. We've got people 
that are part of in New Zealand, people that in Zambia, they sow, they tithe into this church because they believe in the vision. And so you don't belong to a church because you go there. You, go to, you belong to a church because you tithe there. And so I just I say it up front. We're going to get into a really powerful teaching this morning. It's going to help you understand that it's the design of God that you need to see. And it's unfair for you to be sitting in a church not certain where we're going to. It's not right. You should be asking those questions because I don't sit in anybody's company or any organization or any leader wants me to invest in them. I ask where you're going to. What am I investing in? Do we have vision? It's the same reason why I, I serve with Dr. Winston. I bought into his vision and I sit on his board and we strategize for the sake of the vision into Africa, Asia, and the Middle East. That's my role on his board. Because I don't hang around with people that are going nowhere. And neither should you. And everybody in the church said, yes. So it's, un, it's not right that you don't ask me questions. You should ask, what does this mean? Where, where are we going to? Who's this person? What does it mean for the vision? I should be able to give you an answer for everything in this house. Or I should have people in the house that should be able to answer you. So Abraham, as far as your eye can see, it's because God is always looking to make sure that you understand vision. Joshua, see, I've given you Jericho, I've given you the king, I've given you the crack troops that can go into the promised land and deal with whatever you're having to deal with. And Joshua had to see, and Abraham had to see, and Joseph had to see. And so when Jesus says, he says, lift up your eyes and see the harvest. It's white. It's ready for harvest. So, even when you enter into the kingdom, the kingdom speaks about, you cannot see anything in the kingdom. and You can't be, unless you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom. So the whole purpose of you being in the kingdom of God is that you get a vision. That you be part of what God wants you to do. And apostolic vision is very clear. And I'm using that word, and so that I want you to understand apostolic this morning, what it really means. As we visit this month, let's go into, we're going to have only one chapter. You'll be hopping around a lot. Take notes. We're going to go through one chapter of John chapter 9. That's where we're going to camp today. And I want to show you what apostolic vision looks like. That's the title of my sermon this morning, is apostolic vision. What does it mean to be part of an apostolic house? There's all kinds of challenges that comes with it. But it's when you're part of an apostolic house, there is a clear vision in there with very specific parameters because the church is built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets. So when you come into this, into this, this particular part of the sanctuary, right at that pole over there, if you dig it up, you will find my Bible school, when I, Bible college Bible, the one that I marked with everything. When they threw the concrete, I, put, I opened up the Bible on the book of Ephesians where it says it's built on the apostles and the prophets. And I put my hand on it and the concrete got poured on it right in that corner. So when you're standing on this foundation, you're standing on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. As the design was from God from, the original, from his original blueprint. So it is here, and it's very clear that when you step into a house like this, something happens to your life. 
something changes inside of you. Your DNA, your spiritual DNA begins to shift because there's something about this house that, that separates you. You're gonna, you'll never be comfortable in a job. You'll never be comfortable outside of the will of God. You'll never be comfortable in your sin. You'll never be comfortable just doing your own thing. You will always find when you leave here, you will either leave here frustrated or in tears or, or whatever. And I'm not here for your comfort. The Holy Spirit is. I'm here to make sure that the parameters for your life is aligned with heaven on earth. And everybody that our kingdom citizens said, now let's get into the scripture and show you that Jesus never ever went to a place to try and comfort people in a way. God's not concerned about your comfort. Tell your neighbor, he's not concerned about your comfort at all. He's concerned about heaven's purpose in your life. So let's read together. Now as Jesus passed by, please watch the screens. This is really important. We're going to go through 41 verses. You've never read the whole chapter in your uh, Bible in your life? Today's that day. Say amen. amen. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. You need to understand things spiritually. He's speaking to you in natural terms, but you are born of the Spirit and you have spiritual understanding. What does that mean? It means that I get to understand that I can have somebody who's born from birth, Born again and still blind. Let's talk kingdom. I'm speaking to kingdom people. That means you could have got saved once upon a time, but your eyes are still not opened to what God called you to do. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind. I mean, whose fault is it that he was born in a, born in a, or baptized in a Catholic church? Ooh, I see that religious spirit this morning. Jesus answered, neither this man, nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. There's coming a time in your life when all this work on the earth is over. While it is day, you must be about your father's business. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. That's how it should be. And when he had said these things, he spat on the ground. Whoop, and made clay with the saliva. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated apostle. What's an apostle? A sent one. So the Siloam is a place. It's a church. It's an apostolic center, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Tell your neighbor, born enough is not good enough. Tell them, let me just put it online because someone said the pastor said you must, you must do, I know. I'm not saying you must add law. I'm saying born enough is good enough for heaven, not for earth. Therefore the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Your days of begging are over. I would have thought it was a better shout right in the church this morning. 
The reason why you came to the pool of Siloam or the reason why you came to Kingdom Life Embassy and the reason why God has called you even across the globe is that when you touch this place, there is one guarantee in this place. Your eyes are going to be open to a new reality. You're going to be like Neo in the Matrix movie that when they baptized him, he came out, he asked, why does my eyes hurt? What did he say? What did they tell him? Because you never used them before. Some said, this is he. Others said, he is like him. He said, I am he. Therefore, they said to him, how were your eyes opened? He answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received, my, and I received sight. Then they said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought him, who formerly was blind, to the Pharisees. Now they bring the change that has taken place in this, in this man, in this pool called Siloam, in a, in, in a kingdom reality. And they bring him now and take him back to the religious sect. They take you back to your, own religious, your old religious place of worship. Now it was Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes to irritate all the religious spirits. Religious spirits hate the kingdom of God and will hate apostolic houses. Then the Pharisee sees who also asked him again, asked him again how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and I see. I got born again, went to kingdom life embassy and now I see differently. Therefore some of the Pharisees said this man is not from God. Because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. It's going to get tight here this morning. They said to the blind man again, what do you say about him? Because he opened your eyes. He said he's a prophet. But, Jew, but the Jews who did not believe concerning him, that he had been blind and received his sight, until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked the parents saying, is this your son? Who you say was born blind. How then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son. And we only know that he was blind. We know Pastor Brian. He, we, all we know is he is our son and he was on drugs. He was messed up. That's all we know. But what, by what means he now sees, we do not know. Oh, who opened his eyes? We do not know. He is of age. Let him preach for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age. Ask him. That's the reason why the apostolic grace will always raise you up from that baby and that bottle and that nappy. And get you to stand as a son of God because the earth only responds to sons. So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, give God glory. We know that this man is a sinner. <laughs> he answered and said, whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know. That though I was blind, come on somebody, now I see. 
Come on, give Jesus the glory. Then they said to him again, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered him, I told you already. And you did not listen. Why do you, all to, why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, You are his disciple, but we are Moses. We are under the law. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, Lord Jesus, we do not know where he is from. Then the man answered and said to him, Stupid, why this is a marvelous thing that you do not know where he is from. Yet he has opened my eyes. I mean, you're supposed to be the clever ones, right? How can these people be doing what they're doing in the earth and you not? With your religious mindset and your garb and your hallelujah. Now we know that God does not hear sinners. But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. Come, 10 more verses to go. Since the world began, he has been unheard of. It has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of, of one who has been born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered and said to him, You were completely born in sins. And you teaching us. Ooh, that religious spirit, eh? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. And when he had found him, he said to him, Do you believe in the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. And Jesus said, for judgment have come into the world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may, may be made blind. I love it when you, when you come into the kingdom of God, and, or you come into church, and you operate like you know. Then Jesus says he calls you blind, because he's the only one that can give you sight. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and they said to him, are, are we blind also? Now you're getting offended. Jesus says to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say we see, therefore your sin remains. Lord, help us this morning as we go through this. We can do a bit of a, a study on this John chapter 9 to understand the apostolic center and to understand what apostolic people look like. So, number one is that you need to know that you can be born again but not see. That's what it means in the scripture. This man was born, but he was born blind. And so, you can come into the kingdom and say, I'm saved. And it's all good for heaven because that's the only way you can get into heaven. But for you to function in the earth, you're going to have to be able to can see different than the rest of the world. That's why we have a vision. Blind from birth, Jesus puts clay on his eyes, so it means you can be born again, but blind to the next revelation of God. The reason why people are frustrated in the season is because they can't see the next level of revelation. That's why people are frustrated. That's why you won't move from your company. That's the reason why you're going to get depressed and fearful and anxious and, 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 and get suicidal thoughts is because you can't see. So the way God delivers you from your enemies is to give you sight. Gives you a vision. 
So the same way like Lazarus dies and then he's, ro- he's risen again from the dead. But the people had to uncover and take the grave clothes off. For many of you need to come to this situation, to, to this moment and, and, and appreciate this moment. Is that when you get saved, you, you don't have it all. You're not sure. When you're saved, when you just get saved, you don't know. You need somebody to come alongside you and take the grave clothes off. So that you can begin to walk as a son of God, begin to see as a son of God, and begin to function in the earth the way God called you to do. Otherwise, you remain a beggar. And begging the world for a job, and begging people for help, and running to people for understanding. So, write this down please. Understanding is not automatic for a born again believer. You're going to need revelation. And that's why you need an apostolic center. You need this pool called Siloam. And people have got different pronunciations across the globe. I know in America it's a little different. This is Johannesburg, Gauteng. It's Siloam for me. Amen. Apostolic ministry brings light and understanding to deeper things in the kingdom of God. So you get saved, but you come and plant yourself. God will send you to our apostolic house. And you need to understand that the work of God is that you believe in him who sent you. Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in them. When you find an apostolic center, when you find an apostolic vision, you will find the works of God in every son and every daughter. They're not stuck in jobs. They're risking it. They're walking on water. They're building businesses. You're starting to see change on the campus because the kingdom businesses have come together and they're doing things that looks crazy in the natural. But everything that you're starting to find the favor, doors that are opening, businesses that are happening. What is this that's going on? It's called the works of God. Somebody shout favor. Because when you come into the works of God, that means God's work is working in your work. It's in your business, it's in your marriage, it's in your body, it's in your family because the devil would never want you to complete the vision. His system's not designed that way. But Jesus said, Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. When you walk through these doors and you are part of this vision, there's something about the works of God that comes on the inside of you that you begin to experience favor and open doors and people kind, treating you kindly. And you'll also find the favor of God sh- uh, firing you from your job. Oh, you don't know that's the favor of the Lord. The Lord told me when I was in, at Hollard and he said, in a year's time, I'm going to shut this door and I'm doing you a favor. Because as long as you are comfortable in this place, you're never going to seek my face. You're never going to come and want to go to the pool of Siloam. You're never going to want me to open up your eyes. Because you're okay to have your blind eyes. As long as you've got a salary on the side, the devil is a liar. You've come through the pool to the pool of Siloam. This is a place of teaching. This is a place of training. This is a place of development. But it is also a place of the favor of the Lord. That you're finding God doing things for sons and daughters they could have never done in a world system. Because the devil needs to keep your eyes shut. God wants to open up your eyes to a new reality, to a new revelation, to a fresh understanding of who you really are. Is there anybody going to believe the Lord this morning that you've come to the pool called Siloam? You are a sent one. You're not just going to come and keep and hug on a chair. You haven't come to make the pew warm. You've come to get up and stand to your feet and say, I'm a son of God. God's going to have to do something with my 
life. I'm not going to be the same ever again. The days of begging are over. Let this church shout a good amen here. Please be seated. Sent is a Greek word for apostolos. That's the Greek word. Apostolic house or vision or grace is based on the work of Christ. It's complete faith in the system of Christ. It's complete faith. It's complete faith. Jesus, in his full measure, is taught by the apostolic more than salvation. The problem with religious people is that they can get saved and they can go back to their old lifestyles and it doesn't bother them. That's religious people. When you get saved and you come into an apostolic house, there's evidence all around you that something happened to you. Number one, we're speaking about this message. What did I say? I said, you can be born again but not see. Here's number two about an apostolic house. Some things we're going to lay out. Number two is saliva. <laughs> Up front, the way Jesus heals this boy is offensive. <gasps> what? Why don't you get some for Sandel? And get some water. Get me some, you know, pure water and you could have just mixed a little mud. Jesus says no. Because everything about the apostolic is going to offend you. Let me apologize up front for all the times I have offended you and that I will still offend you. Because it is apostolic. It is breaking from that religious system that has held you bound. That you're still playing with. That's keeping you in trouble and keeping you begging and keeping you broke. The whole apostolic center is designed and its messages are designed in such a way that you have to break from everything that you know. Why would Jesus use this particular message and this particular way of healing this person's eyes? By using spit. Whew. I'm going to the CRL. The pastor spat. I mean, who knows? He might even have COVID. How could he do that to me? Let me apologize from the beginning. Everything that you're dealing with in this church is counterculture. And I've been trained this way by God. And you, if you're in this church and you are part of this DNA, it's going to reconfigure your DNA and you're going to come into what God has got for you or you're going to get offended and you're going to leave. Because I'm not backing down from the vision. I told some leaders this week, I said, I, I'm 58 years old. God worked with me in the last 20 years. I left a very well-paying job and a skill that I had to do what God has called me to do. And you are not going to mess with this vision, not here. Because everything about the kingdom is counterculture. When you come in here, you need to drop what you know in that world. You have to drop it. I mean, Jesus gets to a place of where you offended people so much, they wanted to stone him. 
Then they crucified him. Got to a place where he was dealing with disciples and people. He had many disciples. And they just left and said, no, listen to what he's saying. You know, if you don't eat of his blood, eat of his flesh, drink of his blood, you're not a part of him. They leave. He turns to the other disciples and says, also, are you also leaving? Talk about a successful ministry. He's the only one left at the cross. <laughs> because the apostolic message is not a safe message. I'm trying to let you know. Before I give you the revelation of the saliva and the, and the soil, I want you to understand that this is not a safe place. Because everything in this place is going to offend you about what you're busy with, how you handle your money, how you handle your marriage, how you handle your time, how you handle your gift, how you handle things around people. Everything is going to offend you. So you need to let go of your, drop your guard and, and just relax. And open up your life so God can do a work. The apostles' house as a vision, as a vision, produces results that everybody wants, but a process that very few want to endure. This is what Apostle Melvin said about apostolic houses. I thought it's important to read. I'll get into my message soon. Apostolic people have building tools in one hand and weapons of warfare in the other. If you're going to join or be a part of an apostolic ministry, you must be mentally prepared for the intense warfare that rises up against apostolic ministry. After conference, I about a week from hell. And yeah, I'm preaching Sunday morning, God is good, and everybody said, let the devil go to hell, man. The devil fears apostles and apostolic houses because he knows when an apostle is established, he will eventually rise up and attract all other gifts. Look at your neighbor say, I know why I'm here. Say, I know why God called me here. He knows an embassy for the kingdom that will forbid things foreign to the kingdom is rising. This kingdom is rising. And it's forbidding anything that's not of God. That's why I'll fight you over education systems, from economics to health to WHO and HEWL as well. He attempts to destroy the apostles' assignment early in the work or pull the apostle and his people from the assignment through slander. You ask the people how many times they've been slandered. Accused, false brethren that came in here, false prophetic words, and intruders. A great price comes with, with connecting to an apostolic house. So never expect it to be a place of comfort. But the inheritance you will receive is worth it. Clap for that, please. Just clap for that. So, so here's the end game. The blind man, being able to can see, is that others may believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our focus. The end game of leadership is that you lead people to the Lord. We're building others. That's an important thing to understand. There's a difference between the apostolic and the charismatic movement. I'm just moving ahead with some stuff. Verse 6, just pick up verse 6 on this. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with clay. Yes. The charismatic movement's got to do with your, your gifts of the Spirit, and all of that is here. It's needed. But I want you to understand something a little different about the apostolic movement. 
Because silo means sent. That means God's going to send you to a training place. He's going to send you to develop your spirit, to develop who you are, your gift and who you are, so he can accurately send you out into the world because it's a sent one. But here's what he does. He puts spit and clay. That is a connection between the divine and the earth. Are you with me? So you are walking the earth with purpose, but you're going to need a divine connection. That's the reason why that's when divinity spat and, and connected with the earth and put it on this man's eye, this man's life changed. That's called vision. That's called vision. That's apostolic vision. That when you come into this place, the first thing that God must do is you must allow him to spit in your eye. It's called vision. Because you have got a purpose in the earth. And Jesus takes this, and he connects vision and purpose. And many people don't know how that connection works. People, many people say, I'm born for a purpose, and we sing songs, and it's wonderful, God loves me, but how do I get it out? The number one I get, the only way I can get it out is through vision. And so it needs, when you have a God encounter, even in this church, I am not even talking about somebody who needs to be saved. I am talking about the saved that are struggling with jobs and fearful and anxious and broke and begging, but they saved and they love the Lord. I am talking about those people that don't know how to come into their destiny. And you need to have an encounter with God so God can spit in your eye. Look at your neighbor and say, let God spit in your eye. So here's some of the features of an apostolic people called to work out the works of God. When you see them, they, they, they're distinct. There's something about them that makes them unique in society. Here's a couple of them. So number, number one is a lifestyle transformation. Let's pick up verse 8. There's a guarantee that your life will never be the same again. You heard Pastor Brian say this morning, I said, give me six months of your life. The problem is that some people come here and they visit. They don't lay their lives down. They don't submit to anybody. They don't go come for teaching. They come for titles, and it doesn't work. Therefore, the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not he who sat and begged? Next verse. Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. Pastor Brian had to stand up and say, It's me. Brainpy. The one who sold you the drugs. It's me, Aaron, the one that was singing out there and drunk and and. It's me. It's me that was a thief before. It was me who was a gambler before. It was me who messed up before. Because when you get into the pool of Siloam, you leave this place differently. The neighbors, your neighborhood, everybody that knows you from family and people that knew you in the past. God rewrites your story in the pool of Siloam. You, are, you had mental illnesses. You come into this place, you have a sound mind. You didn't know how to move and do a, put a, a project together. You didn't have a business plan. God goes and he works inside of you that when people see you, we know you were born in Tucumstras. Come on, Ronaldo, we know that before you were a thief and a liar, but look what the Lord has done. Come on, I need somebody to thank the Lord this morning because something's about to shift in this place. You will never be the same again. The problem with most of you is that you don't know who you are. Just clap your hands and say, Father, open up my eyes. This young man walks out with confidence, 
He says, it's me. The people, can't, my, the people in my past don't know how to handle me. They don't know who I am. They struggle to have a conversation. They connect on social media. And then eventually say, look, let me disconnect from this guy. Because <laughs> he was this timid little, weak little, somebody that ran away from trouble before. But when the apostolic grace comes upon you, when you begin to walk with the confidence, you say the devil is a liar. If you want to rumble, let's rumble. Come on. If you want to fight, let's go. But you're not going to mess with me and my family anymore because there's a confidence that comes from somebody saying, I, that's, that's me. Come on, shout. Say, that's me. Say, that's me. Say, I know who I am. Shout it like I know who I am. He's purposeful. He's confident. He's directed. He's clear. You're going to get clarity in this. You're going to walk with wisdom. They will not recognize who you are. That's what apostolic grace does upon your life. Let's get to another one. What is this thing that, you, what, that you're going to look like? Number, number two is that verse 10 says, Instantly, he becomes a witness. Therefore, they said to him, How were your eyes opened? Verse 11. He answered and said, a man. Everybody shout a man. I want you to see his progression. He says, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. That's why the Bible says, you shall be my witness. You see, that's why you can't go and dance with the world expecting kingdom results. If you're going to go and touch and compromise with the world, your witness will be lost. Because you can't say Jesus did it for you anymore. You can't speak about the kingdom that has gave you this breakthrough. You said, no, no, I went back door, I gave somebody else a backhand, and a right hand, and a left hand, and we bribed, and we went left and right, and we created this thing, and when you're done with getting your stuff, you got no witness, because your testimony is false. You don't comp shout no compromise. That came like from a religious point. It says, no, 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 shout no compromise. Whoever you bow down to on your way up on the mountain is going to control you when you get there. Are you listening to me? Don't you mess with the world thinking the kingdom is going to work in there. Don't you touch it. Because I want to keep my testimony pure. I went before, the Lord woke me up two weeks ago. He said, son, the things that are coming. I want you to know I'm going to do things in your life. But I want you to keep everything pure. Don't be tainted with the world and all their offerings. You are here to be a witness. Not just to be saved. You are here that your lifestyle changes. That when they look at you, you were, in, you were broken. You couldn't afford to pay a bond. But now you own three houses. And they cash. What is that going to do? It's going to become a testimony for all the neighbors. People will come. You say, we're having a braai. And it's going to be a spit braai. One for that house. One for that house. One for that house. How did this happen? Now you become a witness. But if you can't tell people how you got it. Are you no different to the drug lords and everybody else? The kingdom is real. Stop messing with it. We must get people born again, but I'm telling you there's more. Here's another one. 
a three, the, the third one, I've been speaking about, there's some features. Here's a third feature. Verse 12 lets us know. Then they said to him, who is he? And he said, I do not know. When you come into an apostolic house and God does what he does in your life, it provokes others to go and seek Jesus for themselves. You with me? Let's give you another one. Verse 13. Pick up verse 13. They brought him formerly who was blind to the Pharisees. Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. He said to them, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and I see. You must be able to can tell people how you got it. Whatever you're busy with, that the favor of God stepped in and gave this to me. You must be able to, when you come into the kingdom of God, why would God do it that way? Because if I, somebody's got a broken arm here, and I lay hands on them, and the doctor said it'll be healed in eight, eight weeks or eight months, whatever, and I lay hands on them, and they can move their arm and straight away they're healed, it's called a miracle. It's the intervention of God into a situation. Do you know how it happened? No. But when God brings you into an apostolic center and he makes you a part of a family over here and he gives you your breakthrough, the way God does it, he makes it clear. Why? So that you become, number one, a witness, but number two, you'll be able to teach it to your children and say, son, don't take from those people. This is how you tithe. This is how you give to God. Because anybody who can't teach you how they got it is a liar and a thief. You must be able to can show me how you got it. Ask me how we got this land. Ask me what I've been through. I can give you an answer on every single one. And I can write curricula. And I can show you exactly how it came. Because I've stole nothing from anybody. I've defrauded nobody. Because when God gives you favor... You're not going to beg anybody. Come on. And you're going to owe nobody a thank you. That's why Abraham said, I'm not going to take even a sandal step from you, you wicked king. Lest you say you made me rich. Let no man turn around and say they made you rich. And let anybody, can, can somebody in this apostolic house begin to, be, that's a word for somebody. Let nobody come and say, I raised you up. No, let the favor of the Lord come upon you this morning. Because there is enough in this pool to raise up a somebody who was rejected by the world that God could raise up in this ministry. He had clarity of message. He says, I washed and now I see. That's the reason why when you are called and you are sent out, there's absolute clarity. There's no confusion because God's not the author of confusion. When you come into this place, you will know I'm called to the economic mountain. I'm called to the education mountain. And this is the, the vision that God's got for my life. Because when you have an encounter, not saved, not saved. I'm talking about allowing God to spit in your eye and give you the chance to be healed. That's why teaching on a Wednesday, teaching on a Sunday, so many scriptures. What are we doing? We're washing your eyes with the word of God. Yeah, what else about this, about this apostolic vision and, and ministry? Number one, the one is that you're going to get clarity. But here's something else that's quite interesting. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. 
Others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. For you that like unity and get, get around and just hang around for, for no reason. When you come into an apostolic house, God creates that division. And the people that were your buddies and going together to mass, Stop that patty cake stuff. Clap if you're going to clap. Really clap. I mean, really. Come on. Are you alive? Can you at least see? Are you beginning to see? Come on. Now you need to just make sure that this thing lines up so I can actually not sound like Michael Jackson. It's a ministry of division. An apostolic house is a ministry of division. There's division among the family of who you are, but you should follow the family traditions and the like. This ministry doesn't allow you to do that. I had to break from every religious sect, even from family members that didn't believe in me. And God said, I called you alone, I'll bless you alone. Because an apostolic house brings division to the house of religion. You will cause a shaking in the house of religion and bondage. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace, I've come to bring division. So the nature of an apostle is conflict because they deal very strongly with the religious spirit. I mean, I just like, everything inside of me just like, I can't sit still when I see a religious spirit. To act all pious and pretense and look for titles and stuff. It's like just, it irritates me because that religious spirit is keeping people in bondage and no religious spirit can free you. It will only, con- it's, it's built for control, not for, not for freedom. They looking out to find out how, how this man got healed. Then nobody's celebrating the fact that actually he's become a multimillionaire. I mean, nobody's celebrating that, that Ronaldo's a multimillionaire. Oh, you, oh, oh, oh. oh, you're just mad because it came out of this system. That God will bring you in broke and raise you up and make you what God has called you to be. And no man takes the credit. And no man takes the glory. That's why he waited until I was broke. When I still had 200,000 hidden in account. I said, God, let's start the church. God kept silent and waited until I could use up every bit of that 200,000. And when I went to him, I said, God, can we start this church? I, he said, are you ready for me now? Because I'm not going to allow you to take the credit for what I'm going to do. Because when he takes your eyes and he washes you in the pool of Siloam, no man gets the glory. And everybody in the church said, Amen. You, that religious spirit that acts like they got it together, that wants to always perform in front of people, but privately you find a different spirit. That religious spirit I hate with everything inside of me. You watch what religion does when I went to India and preaching in there, and how many people are bound by this religious spirit. You know how much money they make out of religious people? You must have the right garb and you must be lighting the, you know, lighting the right uh, candles and, and it goes on and on and on. Oh, 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 glory be to Jesus. 
you going to give me another mic? What do you want me to do? Thank you, Jesus. Now, you see, it's the kind of stuff that you challenge me as, as an apostle in the house that creates a whole different kind of, I mean, could we not test this before? Anyway, let's move on. The religious spirit will stand up against you the moment you step into this house because you find the car break down, the people don't treat you right, and, 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 and you thinking it's just an attack. The enemy is trying to silence your gift, man. He's trying to shut you down because you've come into a house where every gift gets raised up. I said every gift gets raised up. Let's go to verse 17. I don't have much more time. They said to the blind man again, what do you say about him? Because he opened your eyes. He turns around and says, a man named Jesus. He upgrades his spiritual understanding. He says he's a prophet. When you come into this house, there's a spiritual upgrade. It will begin to accelerate you spiritually. Here's another one. 18. Comes maturity. But the Jews did not believe concerning him. They, bring his, they called the parents in. Said, who is this? There's a maturity about you because you become a son of God and you can answer for yourself. Because now he is of age. That means he was born under a system. God brings him out of that system, puts him in the pool of Siloam. He's now matured. And he can answer for himself. Listen to what it says. They are recognized by their mature spiritual stature because they're able to discern as sons. When you get into the kingdom of God, listen to me nicely. When your eyes have been washed, the world can't just fool you with all kinds of stuff that they throw at you. My eyes are different. I don't believe a word that what the world says and even science says. You can never believe the lie that a world who hates your God wants to save you. Don't you ever believe that lie. Now leave me here, I'm okay. Because this is apostolic. And I see with different eyes. And I study differently. That's verse 18 says, the Jews went to ask his parents, keep on moving with me. Verse, next, verse, next verse. Is this your son? We know the story. You, you, you must mature as a born again believer. You must walk and you must be a, you, you must think for yourself. You're going to stand in your God-given right and authority because where you're going to, you need to be able to can discern between that which is wicked and that which is of God. And this is the thing about being in the kingdom of God. Nobody forces you to do a single thing. Only religion will put you under pressure and say, you must come and form and be a part of this cult and the way things are done. You can say what you want to say about me. I raised you up that way. I raised you up to think. There's nobody that comes here and says, you know, controlled by. No, no, no. There's no manipulation in a, in, a, in a kingdom house. In an apostolic house, you get to make whatever choices you want and we will respect you. But you must respect mine. And so, this is your son. Please move forward for the sake of time. Verse 20. Pick up verse 20. Next verse. His parents answers him, we know this is our son and that he was born blind. Keep on moving forward. Verse 22, ask him for yourself. I've made my point. Verse 22, keep on moving with me, guys. His parents said this, they fear the Jews. Move to 24. So again, they called the man who was blind and said to him, give God glory. We know that this man is a sinner. 
He answered and said to him, whether he's a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that though I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them. He didn't go and fetch Jesus. You would never have to go and fetch Apostle Max. When you're a real son, raised up in this house, walking in, in, in your authority, with your eyes open, wherever you sit in your company, wherever you're sitting, whatever you're doing, you'll be able to say, let me tell you my story. Oh, so you, you submitted to the apostle and, 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 and tithing and money and, and, and. You're supposed to stand with your righteous self as an adult, mature enough to say, shut up. I tithe because I want to. Nobody manipulates me. I give because I want to. Are you hearing me, child of God? No, I'm quiet. Are you hearing me, son of God? Because you're supposed to be standing up as a matured person and saying, I think for myself. And I can answer you for myself. I don't run and say, well, you know, you, you were attacking me, uh, uh, but Dr. Winston says, no, no, no. Come and ask me a question. You should be standing as a son of God to anybody. The Bible says you must have a ready defense for them. You must earnestly contend for the faith. That's a son of God born in and brought up in the pool of Siloam. Verse 25 says, I'm still there. You know, this is the thing about this autonomy. Is that you can actually deal with things by yourself. You are not dependent upon me for anything. Make whatever choice you want to make. Be okay with its consequences. Because you matured enough. Here's something else. Verse 25 says, Yes, clarity of focus. He answered and said, Whether it's a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know is that though I was blind, now I see. I got clarity. One thing at a time... Uh, you know, I'm focused now, I can deal with what's next. That's what it means. Then he says, this is my past. What about, there's an, oh, another piece of somebody in the apostolic house. They've got a clear distinction between, that's my past, this is my present. If any man be in Christ, they become a new creation. One thing I do, I forget the things that lay behind, I press. You must know that, that's my past, there's been sin, there's been forgiveness, it's been done, this is my new day. And everybody said, Amen. Verse 26 tells you that he's bold. Then he said to him again, what did he do to you? How did he open up your eyes? Listen to his boldness. He answered him, he says, I told you already. And you do not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to also become his disciples? There's a boldness about somebody that's apostolic. Come on, that timidity must go. You've not been given a spirit of timidity, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. You must be able to can sit down and be able to can say what you need to say and be bold enough to deal with whatever the consequences are. If I don't care if they leave you, I don't care if they mock you, or whatever they say about you, I'm going to be bold because you've not been given a spirit of timidity. Hear me, child of God. Anybody who tolerates fear gets tormented by unfulfilled potential. Boldness. Zero tolerance for religious spirits. Zero. Zero. 28 says, it deals with recognition of identity in verse 28. They reviled him, said, you are disciples. He says, we Moses and the like. But here's what becomes interesting. Pick up verse 29. I want to show you something else. That comes as a part of your life when you're a part of this apostolic house. 
We know that God spoke to Moses, as for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. This man answered and said to him, why this is a marvelous thing? That you do not know where he is from. Yet he opened my eyes. Now we know that God does not hear sinners. Here's the point about being a part of this house. Logic forms part of your conversation. It's not just spiritual. He's saying, but you're stupid. That's what he was saying to them. He says, you mean to tell me? We know that God does not even hear a sinner. I mean, it's just logic. How would God then do this thing through this man if he's a sinner? But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God will hear you. So obviously he comes from God and you're saying he's not, you're saying he's a sinner. I mean, who's the one that's ignorant here? We don't throw logic out of the window when you come into the body of Christ. Because we are logical in our reasonings. I will not just take a vaccination because you say so. When I ask what's in it, it's logic. Why get mad at me and call me an idiot? I mean, do we just throw everything out? But yeah, but you're a leader. And you know, it's not nice what you're saying, Pastor. All from Australia. It's not nice what you're saying. I'm asking a logical question. Now let me tell you my whole upbringing. I write software. It's got to do with logic. That's my upbringing. If you do this, it takes you there and error code over here. If I take this route, you go here and you can print and you can live. And this is how the programming works. Now I was born that way. I was groomed that way. I was trained out that way. So when I ask you what's in it, and if I don't get saved, which I didn't, for years to ask first, what are these people preaching? I didn't just wake up one day in my sin and say, I just need to get saved. I studied them. I sat in services week after week after week and said, these people, there's, if, if there's anything here, I know I need something here. But if these people are a fake, I want to know. And I went and I studied everything before I answered yes to the call. It's called logic. We teachers, true apostolic grace will deliver you from over-spirituality. Don't spiritualize everything and don't come and, come and put me under pressure and create this kind of pressure on me here that says, well, you're supposed to be a leader. What does it mean? Then I stop thinking. Let the devil go to hell. You come with your imbalanced thinking with me, it's not going to work. You don't over In this house, we don't over-spiritualize everything. The people are in real trouble, even economically. That's the reason why we put all the companies together. That's the reason why we're growing all the vegetables. That's the reason why we've got the water plants. That's why we started all the stuff, so that your children will have a place to develop and never go and beg anybody for a job. Hmm. Let's go to verse 34. I've got to wrap it up. They answered and said to him, you were completely born in sins and you teaching us. And they cast him out. Why are you afraid that people are going to cast you out from their circle? Because excommunication is a part of the process. You, 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 you like too many people on Facebook. You, you don't want anybody to disown you, dis, you know, throw you out, unfriend you. Then you get, oh, did I offend you? I'm sorry. This whole house is built on that. The whole house is built on the fact that we're going to offend religious people. And people that act like spiritual people, you're going to offend them. What's excommunication? The word excommunication means putting a specific individual or group of com out of communion 
in some denominations, excommunication includes spiritual condemnation. So I don't believe like you believe and you get mad at me. Oh, defriend. I got people that have chosen to go to another church where there's only vaccinated people. Do you know that? That left this church. When, when, when any place that tells you that you can't speak to someone else, you know that's religious. That's the reason why Jesus speaks up those that actually have been rejected by the world. They throw them out. Look at the next verse. It says, get out. Jesus heard that they cast him out. And when he had found him, Jesus comes to find the cast out. When you get into the pool of Siloam and you come into an apostolic grace, when the world has rejected you, he's coming to find you, to give you your assignment and to raise you up so that you can become a resource. Come on. Jesus delights in taking rejects and turning them into a resource for the kingdom of God. And this church gave a good shout and an amen. I got it. And come on. Because the religious order will never accept the apostolic grace. Never. Never. And we are here to offend religious people. And I'm okay with this. And please hear me today. Being bold doesn't mean being rude. Being courageous doesn't mean being rude. When I stand up and stand for righteousness, I have all of heaven backing me. I've got to stay in my lane and make sure that I'm doing what God has called me to do. But they are sought out by God. When you get rejected by man, I've got to end because of time. We're almost there. Verse 38. And even the birds are saying, Amen, Pastor. Preach it. Preach it. Verse 38. Then he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Look at his upgrade spiritually. He went from, I saw, I know a man. Now he's a prophet. And when Jesus has an encounter with him, he says, Lord. And starts to worship him. He went from the good to the acceptable to the perfect will of God. Anytime in an apostolic house, revelation will increase all the time as you stay in this place. Because that's the way it works. And so, he ends up in a place of worship. I think I've made my point this morning. And I don't want to continue. Can I have the worship team up please? I want you to realize this morning. An apostolic house is a place of warfare for your destiny. It's not a place of comfort. It's not a place of where let's all sing Gumbaya and just hang around the fire and just have a little braai and, you know, watch our favorite soccer team lose. This, this is not what it's about. You'll find challenges all the way from the worship team to the leaders on the ground to the media team to people that will get fired, to people that I actually had to stand up in the church one Sunday and say, that particular person, the Bible says, mark with an X, they're not allowed back in this church. I did it. I believe in those that believe in what we're doing. And I will work with, I don't care where you come from. I don't care what your past is like. I will work with you and work with you because the grace of God upon me allows me to do that. But I will never tolerate any kind of dishonor, any kind of working against the vision. 
not about your past. It's the fact that your, can your eyes be washed in this place? Are you here to learn, to write down, to develop, to train, and not expect everything for free? Pay a price for what you need to develop in. I am telling you, there's much vision in this house. And I'm telling you, there's so much provision. We've stepped into a place where I need real people, skilled people, that will actually accelerate around the culture. I had to develop a course for you, specific, around culture teaching and training. So that you can catch the culture quickly, so your skill can be used for the glory of God, and you can be paid well, and everybody said. There are new businesses birthing every day here. Honestly. There is not a day we're not sitting with either the water plant, or a media center, or the new training platform, and how many people we're going to be needing. There's so much going on in this vision that I need people in agriculture that can actually make it work. I need people that can work on the land. I need people that can, that can help build. I can, I, we need people that can help uh, put media centers together. We need people for, for, for social media experts that can make things work. We need so much. Every, every day there's pressure after pressure to make things work. I'm praying that the Lord would send you into his field. But what it means is that we all need to get our eyes washed in this place. Because the gifts are right here. Because one person entering into a field can change a whole company because of their witness. One person here can walk into a place, a field, knowing who they are, having the boldness, the courage, the strength, to do what God has called him to do and it will bless a city. This is the pool of Siloam. And I'm Apostle Max and I approve this message.
I need the church to sing with us. Come. Engage with God this morning. You must be born again, otherwise you cannot see the kingdom of God. If you need to be born again and you are serious doing business with God, God is here for you. Not just for heaven, your eyes to be opened up in a, in a place called the pool of Silo, that you can be saved and fulfill your destiny and become what God has called you to be. This is an apostolic house, there's training, development and raising up of sons and daughters to reposition them for kingdom takeover. You are not here to take sides. You are here to take over. You are born for a time such as this. The days of you begging are over. You must be born again. If you need to give your heart to Jesus Christ, you inbox us, let us know. Anybody in this service, you to make right with the Lord this morning. This is your moment. This is your time. Pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. I believe you died on the cross for a sinner like me. I'm asking you, Wash me in your blood. Give me a brand new start. Let me live for you. That from today, my eyes be opened to what you have for my life. So I may live for you for now into eternity. In Jesus' name, we all agree and say, Amen and Amen. Inbox us, let us know. If anybody is praying this brand new series with God, come and meet with me. And I will pray with you. And I will work with you. I've made the commitment to anybody from the beginning of this ministry started. So if you really lay your life down for six months, work with me, you'll start to see the beginning of what God has got for your life. And I mean it. We're still doing it. The sons are still coming. And God is doing an amazing work. Thank you for your giving. Can we receive an offering? I bless you. Even as we receive this offering right now, I want to bless your offering because we're going to go as well. Father, thank you for your people. Thank you for their giving. You've been, they've been tremendous. Thank you for their generosity. Bless them, keep them, provide for them. Let your favor rest upon them. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Strengthen them this week. Open up their eyes to the things unseen. But let your favor rest upon them in a rich and a real way this week. In Jesus' mighty name. We love you. We see you Wednesday night online. Amen and amen.